We are going to continue on in our series we're calling Living Invitations. And um, we're, we're a long way in, and I, I don't know when we're going to finish this, but we're, uh, I have a lot to talk about yet. So we've been talking about the church, um, and uh, the church is always people. It's about us. Church isn't something we do. It's something that we are. We're the church 24-7. We're the church gathered together right now. When you leave, you're still the church. You're just the church out there. Because it's uh, church is about people, it's about relationships. So it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with one another as the people of God. It's about our relationship with the future people of God. And we spent most of our time so far talking about that particular relationship and talking about mission. And that's really what being a living invitation is all about. Now we're talking about discipleship, which I think is a, a bridge between mission and fellowship, because um, the reason that we're people of mission is because we're called to go and make disciples, and we're to encourage new believers and, and one another on this journey, and that's the bridge, that part of being a disciple is growing up together in the Lord and all that that means, and so we'll be talking about fellowship next, um, but we're going to finish our discussion on discipleship today. So far, uh, really, I've kind of focused in on six verses when it comes to being a disciple. We looked at three verses in the Gospel of John, and, and we were told there that we're to hold on to Jesus' teaching, we're to love one another, uh, and remain in Him and bear much fruit. And then last week, we looked in Luke's Gospel, and we saw that we needed to love Jesus all in. It's not all about us, but it is all about Him. And uh, today, uh, as I said last week, we're going to continue and then finish up our discussion on discipleship by talking about a yoke and a towel. And uh, we're going to put those two things together. So that's the intro transition, always a bad joke or a thought or something. So I was realizing this week that but I was I was really, I just trying, I need some time to, you know, I'd like to time to sit and read, take a nap, have a snack. And so, so basically I realized I wanted to be in kindergarten because that's what's happening. So that's my thought. Speaking of childhood, uh, when I was a kid, I had this memory, my dad would put me inside of a tire and roll me down a hill. Those were good years. Yeah, scripture reading, here we go. Good years. You can use that one at the shop, Dick, go ahead. <laughs> Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's hop right in. Point number one, Jesus says, come and take my yoke. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So over the last couple of weeks, in effect, what we've been doing is we've been counting the cost of being a disciple, what it means to be a disciple. Now we're being invited to partner with Jesus as part of His team. That's, that's what this looks like. We, we come into relationship with Him as we come to know Christ. Remember, we're responding to the good news in faith, uh, and, and we, you know, we're aware of the fact that our sin has separated us from God and that Jesus has made a way for us to be reconciled to Him and, and so we, by faith, we've come into this relationship, and now we're invited in by Jesus to sort of be a part of His team in this, in this whole process. And um, 
he, he makes his invitation. And he says, you know, take my yoke upon you. Now, that's an interesting term, yoke. Um, and and it, it probably is worth describing. So uh, a yoke um, is something, and particularly was something, that they used to use to harness two oxen together. So they would, they would have uh, two oxen, and they would put this yoke across their shoulders. And uh, what it would do it is it, they would be able to accomplish more together. And they would take a, a more seasoned oxen would sort of be in charge, and a, and a younger oxen would come alongside, and he would learn the ropes and the journey. But they would be yoked together. That's what that means. They would, they would form this bond together. And... and um, and that's what we're being invited into. And so it's a great picture where, where we're being yoked to him. He says, come and take my yoke because it's easy and your burden is light. He's gonna, he takes the, the biggest share of this yoke because he's Jesus. And, and, and so we get yoked to him because that's where we find life. And, and, and yet he's going to be leading. So being yoked to him, you know, on this journey now, what we realize is we need to be choosing his will over ours. Uh, as we talked about last week, you need to put him, we're going to put him on the throne of our hearts. Uh, and yet as we do that, as we surrender those things, we, we think that we're in charge of anyway when we're not. But as we surrender those things to him, that's where we find life. The, the type of life we talk about here all the time is real, full, now and forever, abundant life. Because that's where our souls find rest. When we're yoked to him, our souls find rest. If we're not yoked to him... We don't find that place of rest in our souls. And a lot of people, um, because they, they kind of hesitate in surrendering their will to His and putting Him on the throne of their heart, um, and it's a struggle for all of us. I, you know, I said last week our natural tendency is to be the center of the story. So it's a conscious decision that we're making every day to put Him there instead of us. Um, but, but when we do that, that's when we begin to find rest for our souls. That's when we can start letting go a little bit and... Quit hanging on so tightly to everything. I, I, I talk with so many people that are so hanging on to everything, trying to make it all work. They're convinced if, if they're not hanging on to it tightly, it's all going to fall apart because they're, they're that integral to it all that they never find soul rest. They, they, they're always on edge. They're always anxious. They're always worried about everything. What does this mean? Oh, my goodness. And, and it's a constant sort of battle but that every little thing upsets you know, their day. It doesn't take much. And yet, when we, when we can get into this place where we realize that, that we're invited into this relationship in a way where we're yoked to Him, and we want Him to lead and guide, that we can trust Him to do that. That, that He's got us. And He always will. That, that every little thing doesn't need to upset us to great magnitude. Uh, you know, we, it should cause us to pray, certainly, and there's things that happen. And, you know, I get we live in a fallen world on a broken planet and there's things we need to be conscious and aware of, but um, there's a place for us of rest in this relationship with Him that it makes this life amazing. Um, and, and it's what makes it all different because there's something going on. We're, we're not out here all by ourselves. Um, he is always with us. We're, we're never alone. He never forsakes us. He's got us now and forever. And so when we really begin to sort of take that in, it changes, I think what it changes is our immediate responses. Um, our immediate reactions can begin to soften and change. And think, you know, I, that's, he's got me. I'm going to see what's happening. I don't have to take everything quite so sharply as I once did. 
And so, so that begins to change us over time. And so we're yoked to him. He said, take my yoke upon you. So we're submitting to that. And we're yielding that. I want to be yoked to you, Jesus. And then we're to learn from him. That's point number two. Learn from Jesus. Let's pick it up in the second half of verse 29. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so being yoked to him allows us to learn from him. Um, because he teaches us by example. Uh, so we, we learn to walk with him and to, to pull and to lift with him. We, we learn a healthy pace of life from him. Do you know that about Jesus? He had a very healthy pace of life. Um, I, I don't see in the, in the new, and, and I always kind of toss this out there because maybe I'm missing it. I've read the Bible quite a few times. I never see Jesus running anywhere. There's one instance in a parable where the father is running towards a repentant son, but that's different. But, but I, I, I never, Jesus was just not in a hurry. He had a, a pace about him where he was experiencing life to the fullest. Um, and, 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 and so he was able to engage with people. He was able to see people that nobody else saw. He was able to pray for people that no one was praying for because they were so busy moving by and he just, he wouldn't rush. He, he got there when he needed to be there. I think of the story one time where they came and told him, hey, your friend's dying. You need to come so you can pray for him. They knew what he could do. And he, it was like two miles away. It took him three days to get there. Now, it's a big miracle when he does show up. But still, because he says, hey, Lazarus, come on, bud. But um, still, his pace of life is so different from, you know, what we think about. And, and you know, you talk about someone who had every right to be really busy. Right? He's Jesus. Uh, there's a lot going on. And yet, he, 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 you see, makes time. You know, the, the whole book of Luke, we read about it. He's at a meal somewhere. He always makes time for meals. He makes time for his friends. He makes time to pray. And uh, he rests and he sleeps. And... But I think, you know, if we can, we can engage in that, we learn a pace of life that's healthy for us. And um, as we're yoked to Him, we also learn about the, the supernatural power available, you know, in Him. The, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit was in Him, is in us. And we can pray and we can, we can step out in faith and uh, we, we can know that He's with us and for us and that we're available to do those things. It's not all on us. It's not on our strength. It's not about, you know, how good we're doing anything. It's just about being with Him and experiencing life in Him. And I think there's something in that pace that allows us to be far more effective because we're not just rushing by all the time. Too often, I think, life, is we're just, we, we go so fast trying to accomplish things that we miss the main stuff. I know, you know, even in my own life, I know I'm a, I'm a list person. Anybody else make lists? Yes, I have lots of lists. I've gotten off of the legal. I always had yellow legal pads forever, and I had several lists going. But now there's this thing that I found. It's called Trello. It's really great. It lets me do all that on the iPhone. So uh, I still have my list for the week, you know, and I have lists of projects that I'd like to see, and I have immediate ones and far-reaching ones, and I have all that stuff. Um, but I, I, I've over time realized if I live so absorbed by that list, I miss life. And that at the top of my list always has to be, God, I want you. you want today. I don't want to miss you. These are some things I'd like to do, but eh, if I get them, great. If not, you know, for the most part, there's some things that I have some things that impact other people that I have to try and get done. But still, overall, 
I could put way too much stuff on there, and I miss life, and I miss people. And I don't want to do that, because that's not where we find life. So there's really no greater joy or blessing in this life than to be yoked to Jesus. It's the best thing going. Because he, he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and you'll find rest for your souls. What a great promise, being yoked to him. That's what that means. So, you know, I want to encourage you again. Part of being a disciple is realizing we're, we're surrendering our life to him, but we're finding life in return. That's far better than we could ever possibly have on our own. So, so these are all reasons that we're disciples and what it means. You know, make sure you're taking time to think about what it looks like to be yoked to him and that you're walking through that day. And then, third, we are to become servants. We become a servant. Uh, and this is uh, really the hallmark of a disciple's heart, is this heart of service. So we learn that from him by being willing to take up the towel. And I want to explain that. So we talked, I said it was about a yoke and a towel. So uh, I spent the first half talking about the yoke. Let's spend this half talking about a towel. I want to read you a passage of Scripture from John 3, uh, 13, pardon me. And uh, it's 17 verses long, but, but it's worth it. It was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for Him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved His own who were in the world, He now showed them the full extent of His love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power, and that He had come from God and was returning to God. So He got up from the meal, took off His outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And then the Lord said, Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you're clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he had said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked him, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So, there's a blessing that comes from being a servant, so it's worth understanding what that looks like. So, as his disciples yoked to him, having counted the cost, having come to him in relationship by faith, understanding the gospel, responding it to it in this whole process, um, now we have to learn to have our servant's heart like Jesus. That's really what we're learning on this journey. And uh, if you remember last week, if you were here last week, Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and then loved him by telling him what he needed to do by, to put Jesus on the throne of his heart, that he loved him well by telling them that. Well, in verse 1 of John 13, Jesus is about to demonstrate the extent of his love for his disciples by teaching them 
that life is found in being a servant. So he's loving them well by teaching them this most important thing. Life is found in the kingdom of God by being a servant, by being willing to serve. Now, we know from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, that during this same time, during this last supper, supper, Luke records that the disciples were arguing amongst themselves about which one was the greatest. Luke twenty two twenty four. Also, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. If you want to go and look at that verse in context, it is indeed happening at the very last supper. So his disciples, um, who had been fighting over who was the greatest, would learn that the one who was the greatest among them would be the one who serves. And that was the heart of Jesus. Mark 10, 45. Even, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. So, so here's what's happening now. So it's the Last Supper. And um, the disciples are there, uh, and Jesus is there, and they're, they're at a room, and this is it. He, he gets that this is pretty much His last shot with the guys. Uh, he's got to get some things to them. I mean, he's going to come after the resurrection, but but this is the time when he wants to make sure that they've heard because they're about to go through a lot. And he knows that. You, you think about Jesus is certainly going to go through a lot, but his disciples are about to go through a lot too because their entire way of thinking gets totally up, up undone because they thought Jesus had come to set up a political kingdom. They're just waiting for it. That's why they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. They were all worried and thinking about who's going to be like the number two guy and the number three guy in the new kingdom that Jesus had come to set up here on earth and kick out the Romans. And, and what they're going to do is all of a sudden Jesus is going to be arrested, mock trials, hung on a cross to die. And they're, 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 they just can't even begin to relate. They, they run off. They don't know how to deal with it. They're, so they're coming to that. And Jesus is trying to prepare them for that on the journey. So they're having the Last Supper. The guys are arguing. And um, during the Last Supper, there would have been a part in the meal um, somewhere early on in that meal where their feet would be washed. It was pretty common to happen at a meal. And, and so there, there was the towel and there was the water and they all knew that they needed to have a, they all needed their feet washed. And it usually went, that task, to the lowest of the servants. So it wasn't a fun task. So the lowest of the servants would wash everybody else's feet. Well, it's just Jesus and his guys in the room. Guess what the problem is? No one wants to be that guy. You get it? The towel is there. Everybody knows that this needs to take place, but they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest, and no one wants to be the one that picks up the towel and washes everybody's feet. So what happens? Jesus does it. That's the shock that you're seeing. That's the reaction. That's what's, that's what's happening. They're, they're all sitting there full of themselves and, and going on and on about who's the greatest, and suddenly Jesus gets up, it says, and he gets the towel and the basin, and he wraps the towel around his waist, he takes off his outer garment, wraps the towel in, and he starts washing their feet. And so Peter's response is, is this, Jesus, I don't want you to wash my feet. I want one of these guys to wash my feet because I'm trying to make a point. And you're, that you're really messing up the whole deal because we got a whole argument going on here. And, and Jesus looks at him and says, unless you get this, you're not going to get any of it. If you don't get the importance of this, you won't get any of it. So he, Jesus loves them well by demonstrating what it means to be a servant. And, and as he washes it, all the stuff that's going on as he washes his feet, there's an even bigger picture. 
of what he's going to do for them and for us. See, see though, in, in John 13, those verses, we see Jesus, he gets up and he takes off his outer garment and he wraps his towel around his waist and he washes the feet of his disciples and then he returns to his place. All right, this is a picture of an even bigger thing that he's going to do for us. See, because what, what Jesus did was this, that Jesus got up from his throne in glory and he took off his robe of deity and he wrapped himself in the flesh of humanity. And then at the cross, he washed away our sins with his blood. And then at the resurrection, he returns to his place, his heavenly throne. See, that's a picture of what he's doing then for them that they need to see and to get and to connect with. And, and so that's the picture for us as his disciples. See, as his disciple, I've counted the cost. I've, I've yoked myself to Jesus. I'm picking up the towel to serve. And as I do, that's where life is found. And that's how he wants us to live. That, that's to get away from the whole who's the greatest, who's the... Just, just, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm so in awe of being reconciled to God because of what Jesus has done. That, Lord, just have your way in me. Whatever that looks like. I'm changing your pocket. Just spend me where you need me. And that's where we find life. That's the amazing thing about being a disciple. That's the point when we begin to experience life. So kind of dwell on that this week and, uh, and think about what that looks like to be yoked to him and really work on, you know, every day, just making sure that you're, you're putting yourself in that spot and, and be willing to serve when he asks you to, whatever it looks like. If you see a spot, you jump in. If nobody else is moving for it, move for it because you're settled in your place in him. You know who you are in him. So, and, and that's where we find life. So, that's it. We're going to talk about fellowship next week. If you're watching my video or on the webcast, thank you guys for doing that. Come and see us when you can. Uh, if you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page on there, and uh, you put in your prayer request, and we'll pray for you, and we hope to see you soon.